I'm Dre, also known as Andre Williams from the high school days. Uh, Franklin High School, graduated year 2000 in Portland, Oregon. Now doing all this wonderful owning my own business thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to High School Reunion, the podcast. This is the podcast that lets you catch up with old friends, flings, and even foes. Now here's your MC for the event, Adam Brumfield. All right, here we go. What's been going on? Not much, man. Just yeah, uh, living been life, grinding man. away. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Just, what like about you? Uh, same, same. Just uh, you know, doing whatever I can to make a dollar. Um, yeah. Trying not to, to work for the main, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man, I feel you. Um, too much money out there online and doing your own thing these days. It seems like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find any possible way to make a dollar. So, oh, a hundred percent, man. You know, doing what I can. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I just. It's funny. I just had a conversation with somebody uh, that uh, I, I kind of work with, not necessarily work with in regards to my business, but uh, I'm associated with them and. It was funny. He made a comment that it seems like I've had like 20 different jobs and, and I can't seem to focus. I'm like, no, I've had to go hustle and do some corporate jobs here and there. It's only been four to be able to invest back in myself. But the end goal is to continue to run my own business. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see why or how people aren't in 2021 doing their own thing. Um, there's so many yeah. options. Um, you know, I, I, I've worked on another project that I'm trying to get off the ground right now where we're talking to all different kinds of people, just learning their story, kind of helping share their story, whatever it is that they do. And, um, so many of them are just like life coaches, business coaches. And I used to scoff at that a little bit. Like, I mean, you just went on a website, you got a certificate and now you can tell somebody how to live their life and blah, blah, blah. Right. But some of them are legit, like making six figures a year doing legit stuff, actually sitting down with oh, yeah. people and helping kind of untangle their web and their life and figure out what it is they need to do and where they're going and how to get there. And it's like, yep. I, I mean, I guess in 2021, you could really do anything. So it's pretty oh, yeah. amazing. And it's, it's about like experience and, and not necessarily giving them the answer, but like kind of guiding them to the answer. Because I mean, I've, I've had some business coaches and whatnot, and I've had some that were just downright terrible where I'm like, man, that was a waste of money. <laughs> and then I've had yeah. some where I'm like, wow, that I would have actually paid you more because you actually helped me out. So, so yeah, uh, there's, there's definitely that out there. Like, uh, uh, one of the, one of my things that I also do, I work with a gal that, uh, does real estate, uh, business coaching and, uh, I'm helping put together a platform for her coaching and she is phenomenal. And I'm just like, I need to, we need to find a way to get you out there. <laughs> there's people right, that right. are doing a terrible job and you literally help people. Like you have proof in the pudding. Like you have literally a handful of clients that went from, you know, maybe in the real estate industry doing 15 deals or 20 deals and thought that that was successful to all of a sudden they're doing 45 deals in a year and they're shutting it down three months before the end of the year. I'm like, what you do works. So how can we get that out there to everybody? So, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's marketing yourself too, right? Like uh, we talked, uh, me and my buddy talked to a woman this morning that was big on that. That was her whole thing is like, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, as as a coach, as a whatever, like marketing yourself is like the biggest thing and not enough people can wrap their head around that. They're trying to market their business, trying to push their brand, trying to do whatever it is. And like, that's yeah. great, but market yourself. You're the you're the brain behind the brand. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Come on. Like, you talk it's about getting yourself out there. It's hard. I will say it is hard. Like my, my fitness business, I I'm finally coming into my own of recognizing that I am an expert in the field. Uh, I refuse to say guru. Anybody that says that they're <laughs> a guru needs to be taken out back and shown For a sure. nice deep hole. <laughs> That's just my I like opinion. To use that word when, uh, what, you know, trying to make people feel uncomfortable about what they do. <laughs> like, oh, right? this is I'm the, like, uh, you know, the such and such guru. And they just go, oh. Like, right? I'm like, so you know all. Guru yeah, yeah. is, you essentially know all. Okay. Yeah, no. So uh, I'm finally grasping the fact that I am an expert in the field. Uh, and it's just, it's taken a long time. And now I'm trying to figure out 
how do I start to actually market myself? Because it's not necessarily my my brand or my my quote unquote signature program. It's essentially marketing myself, and it's tough because I had to do a lot of growth to get to where I'm at. So, you know, marketing myself to my folks that may be on my personal Facebook page may not be ideal because they have a, a vision of what they think I am or who I am. So I have to start branching out and actually doing like uh, advertisements and stuff like that to try to get in front of folks that I probably normally never would talk to so yeah yeah so let's go back just a little bit and kind of the purpose of the podcast for those because this is going to be heard by you know obviously anybody and everybody outside of the class of 2000 and kind of our era yep um you know who was dre in high school well you know we're we're hearing a little bit about (laughs) what you're doing now and we'll get to dive into that a little bit more here as we go too. But let's let's take a trip back through memory lane here and give the people an idea of um, oh man you know, who you were in high school and what high school was like for you. I thought that I was cooler than the other side of the pillow. That's who I was. Hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and I thought that the style that I had was normal uh, because of uh, how I was raised. My mom had a very she had a, a clothing store, so she had an eclectic group of uh, clothes or style of clothes. And I would snag those and I'd wear them thinking that I was like cutting edge. <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, none of that stuff ever came to flourish. None of it ever came to fashion. I looked like just a weird kid. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Looking back at it now, it's so much different, right? Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. My wife saw a picture of me and she's like, oh, my God, that's the coolest Halloween costume. I was like, that wasn't Halloween. <laughs> That was just a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that was an outfit I thought was going to be the coolest thing. That was not Halloween. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so bad. No, that's yeah. that's so true, though. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that in high school, I was bored out of my mind. Uh, not much has changed where it's like, I need to be doing something like physical, something moving, some sort of working out, something that's constantly challenging me physically in my brain uh, because I get really distracted very easily. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I guess some would say, I guess I was a a jock or a bro dude, but I never really hung out with all of those guys. So I spent most of my time pretty much just training or just hanging out in the hall with the Domingo, the security guard. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I think, you know, I remember obviously you played football, um, right? You did, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. It was was funny because I picked up football because I I was bored and I needed something to do in my off season for track. Yeah. And then track (laughs) and field. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. yeah. So that makes, that makes, I mean, and it is true because the the quote unquote jocks, you know, they definitely had their groups, but then there was also a lot of kids that weren't a part of that clique either, right? Like you, oh, yeah. you saw them throughout the halls. You'd see jerseys here on a Friday, and then you'd see a group of jerseys over here and be like, well, that's weird. <laughs> like, right aren't they up. all supposed to be together? <laughs> Why is there a set of jerseys up on the hill? That's yeah. So yeah. Sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't they know it's game day? Right. They're not supposed to be there. No. Yeah, no. That's that's definitely true. That's the thing I actually really loved about Franklin was the fact that it was such a mixture. And I'm finding as as I get older and I talk to folks that we kind of grew up in that era that went to different PIL schools, they looked at Franklin as like just hard. Like we were hard Southeast Portland kids. I was like, no, that was Marshall. (laughs) Shout out Marshall. (laughs) There's nothing. There was nothing hard about Franklin kids. <laughs> nah, not when you look at look at some of the other ones. That like, yeah, Marshall was definitely oh, yeah. up there. I mean, we were we were walking the park. <laughs> I mean, so. we might have had a, like a couple here and there, but for the yeah. most part, you know, I mean, I will say this: like the the couple here and there probably were like the scary ones that were like the wannabes. And right. I I have a, I'm a firm belief that. The wannabes are probably the scary, the one, scary ones because they will try to do anything to prove that they're hardcore. And it's for like, sure. so I mean, yeah, we probably had a couple of those, but for the most part, like it, it really wasn't that bad at Frank. No, I mean, 
Yeah. The worst part was the fact that the school was not earthquake safe. And it was like, well, hopefully we don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope it doesn't. Yeah. It's, um, I've heard a lot about like what they did with the remodel and it's a, it's pretty awesome now. I haven't been inside, but it looks gorgeous from the outside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Um, can I share a story with you going back to, to, you know, you were talking about your style and <laughs> trying to be so cool. Uh, go ahead. I'm this, scared. This go ahead. <laughs> always stood out with me, and it's <laughs> to this day. It's the stupidest story, but to this day, it literally still is something that bothers me. It, it it bothers me in the sense that I make sure that this never happens again. So it's like right. sophomore year, Mr. Hashimoto's biology class. All right, it's I, like I, I second period, and. uh we're sitting in one of the back tables and you and I are sitting at a table together and I'm just starting to get like some thick peach fuzz on my face. <laughs> and so that morning I shave and I'm only starting to finally do it. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. My, like my mom right, can't show first, me. My pops doesn't know how to show me. It's rough when we first learned. Yeah. 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 And the light keeps hitting my face, I guess, just right. And you look over and you go, did you shave this morning? I was like, uh, <laughs> why? You're like, you have these like peach fuzz steps on your face. <laughs> it, it's stuck with me to this day. Like I make sure when I shave today, like I'm making sure that I don't leave any marks. I'm like, nothing can be well, seen. Like I'm trying to cover up everything. Well, apparently that like small attention to detail carried with me all through life. Cause I've made small comments to folks that just sticks with them. And it's like, at no point am I trying to be mean. It's just, right, it's like right. my wife has joked and said that I, she might, she thinks I'm borderline on the spectrum because sometimes I don't have a <laughs> brain to mouth filter. And yeah, I, I've never been tested, so I wouldn't argue it. But uh, no, there's uh, my worst to date was my, I met my wife at a gym and we were talking about calves. And I was talking about how my calves are terribly small. There's nothing I could do to get them bigger. It's genetics. And she brought up her calves. And I had mentioned that her calves, there wasn't much separation from calf to the ankle. But I didn't say the actual cankle word, but that's what she took. Let's just fast forward now to present day, 13 years later. She is like, oh, my cankles. She has <laughs> amazing legs, great calves, but I can never live that down now. You're so, always going to hear that one. Yeah. I promise you there's probably many others that I've said stupid things. And I'm <laughs> I wish I could. It's just one that. of those things. You know, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Like when you said you wanted to do this, I was like, I'm so going to bring this up and let them know that do it. it has affected I, me to this day. <laughs> the hey, way that I, I wish, I wish somebody would have been like, Hey, Dre, stop wearing see-through shirts. That's <laughs> not cool. Who does that in high school, man? The, apparently this guy uh, what the yeah. hell yeah oh hey, like it was my, my wife's like you don't have a lot of pictures from high school i'm like thank god there's a reason that. why yeah <laughs> it <laughs> didn't mean, work the way i thought it would yeah yeah no uh do you have a favorite time do you have a moment in high school that you remember back that you kind of look back fondly and and say that that was a good time or that was was it just high my, school as a whole mine is a weird one uh but i do and uh, so I have two, I, when, when Keone Alamua, uh, Ko, when we would sit in the main hall Friday nights and sing and kind of do like acapella stuff, that was always a fun, or no, Thursday nights, we'd always do that the day before games. <clears throat> that was always fun. But the one that stands out in my mind that I, I chuckle at all the time is actually a football game when uh, I was guarding a, a receiver and I was told to back up and I started arguing with the coach tango uh coach santangelo at the time yeah and uh he kept telling me to back up and i was like i'm fine he hasn't gotten past me this whole time note before this game i was the starting corner because of this i didn't play another down but i had a blast because of the fact that i just argued i went toe-to-toe with him had no problem with it and then when we got (laughs) up at halftime the whole halftime was like him trying to berate me and belittle me and i just looked at him i was like i do this as a hobby I don't give a fuck about football. Sorry yeah. about my language, but I was just like, no, you can do whatever you want. I was like, I don't give a fuck about football. And he was speechless. He's like, you won't play another down. I was like, that's cool. I'll still show up. I got friends on the team. 
And I still showed up, got my free meals on Thursday nights and just hung out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but for did, me, he just retired weird, but, or something, didn't he? I, I feel like yeah, he I, think he, I think he did. But just for me, that it was hilarious because that was like, that stands out as a moment where I was like defiant to quote unquote the man. I'm like, I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to be in Franklin's athletic hall of fame. Screw you, dude. <laughs> yeah. This goes down in history, dude. Right, and so. people are going to remember this. <laughs> the exactly. moment that you're standing here trying to tell me off and I'm telling you off and laughing at you. Right. Like the half times were held in the classroom. So we were sitting in desks in our football gear and I'm up front and he's got his hands on my desk yelling in my face and I'm just sitting calm. Just were they really? Calm. I don't think I knew that. They weren't down in the locker room. No, not at that time. The, the away know. team had to go to the locker room because it was a long walk. Uh, okay. So we were up in the classroom and I would just sit there. I was sitting there, arms crossed, just chill. I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I do this for a hobby. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, awesome. It was great. That's yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's so many times in, at uh, in high school that were just uh, amazing. And it's like, I feel bad for kids right now during this pandemic because it's like they're missing out on a lot. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, there there's a different aspect to it with like online bullying and stuff like that. That kind of sucks. But I feel like there's just so much to the high school experience. But, you know, we were right at the beginning of that, too. You know, um, mm-hmm. With AOL and Instant Messenger, those chat rooms and stuff, you know, you people you, you people knew who people us. were. You just dated us big time. Uh, I, I mean, I did. Drop the AOL, the dial up. I wasn't even going to drop any of that. Yeah, AOL 9 <laughs> You had to get a different disc every six months. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, but no, I. But it it's, you know, we we think about the online bullying now. But it, I mean, there was there was definitely things happening, you know, in 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 those times too. And oh, yeah. I, was, I say yeah. in those times, like it was so long ago. Like, I mean, when it you is think about it, it was a long ago. time ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I keep thinking that I'm this young spry dude, and I go out and play basketball, with guys, and I'm like, nope, I don't have that first step anymore. <laughs> it no. doesn't happen. No. no, I I I have this conversation with buddies all the time too. It's like. I look at like where my dad was at 40 and mm-hmm. where I'm at at 40. We are not the same. <laughs> we are not no. the same people by any means. <clears throat> Our lifestyles are different. Just everything. What he did at 40 and what I do at 40 is just, it's night oh, and day. No kidding. Different. No kidding. And then I'm like, okay, so my parents owned a house at this age. So I got to get cracking. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's definitely different. Are you still in the Portland area? No, I'm actually down in Southern California now. I just moved oh, down man. here in October of last year. So I've been oh, down right, here just like over right here. in the front of the 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 pandemic aspect. <laughs> nice. Yeah. For me, really what put it over the edge is um so I lived in Arkansas for a couple couple years and I came okay. back in 2017. And Portland was just different. And again, I've had these conversations with friends. It's just, you know, growing up there, it was awesome. I loved Portland. As my 10-year-old would say, it just hits different now. It does hit differently. (laughs) It for sure does. But just really what kind of pushes over the edge is like watching what happened to downtown Portland last summer and everything. Man, it was was just so upsetting. Like, I get, I can understand and wrap my head around the messages that we're trying to the positive messages that we're trying to be um focused on during those times yeah. and it, it just got out of hand and it just got too political and it got all weird it got just, really like, convoluted as yeah what, what was what yeah and so. being being somebody that's that's mixed it was really difficult for me to get behind any kind of movement because of right. the fact that they're like, sorry for it going this direction. We can no, segue. No, no, this anytime. is great. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was really difficult because of the fact that it's very specific in regards to the, the verbiage and exactly what that movement is for. So for somebody that's being, that's mixed, it's really difficult because growing up, there was really no, I mean, I get what the movements are for, but then also growing up, I also understand that for me, 
I didn't fit in any group because when you grow up and this is a really tough one. And I've tried to have this conversation with folks and it's something that most people don't want to touch with a 10 foot pole because being mixed black and white, I am now the token black friend. And then I'm also the light skinned friend, but when it comes to my other, when it comes to other folks that are mixed, you have to associate, you have to choose. So it's like, for example, Jamal and I grew up, very similar upbringings. We grew up about a mile apart from each other. However, he associated more with like black culture, hip hop, basketball. And I associated more with like rock track football. And, but yet we still had like a friendship that was like different than most folks that I knew that were mixed because we understood each other, but we've discussed it numerous times as adults. Like, yeah, growing up, we had to choose. And he would tell me that in his in the group that he ran with, I was always they, they would joke that I was always like the the Uncle Tom, so to speak. Yeah, literally yep, in his yep. words, or I was the white black dude. And then in my with my friends, it was the same thing. I'm the white black that dude. you couldn't the understand that, them mm-hmm. from their perspective. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, and I would and it would give me an opportunity, and I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now looking back. It was an opportunity to really see racial undertones that most people don't recognize but once you get older you're like oh oh i get it now (laughs) and uh i mean i was pretty i i mean speaking back to the whole argument with the football coach i've been defiant from day one uh i even got oreo tattooed on my arm as soon as i turned 18 just to prove that i'm not defined by my race so it was like but the problem is is even though i don't define myself that way. Unfortunately, when I walk out the door, I'm seen as something that's not Caucasian. And there's yeah. been so many times where I'm asked, so what are you? Like, are you Arabic? Because my middle name's Hassan. Are you, are you Hispanic? Because your first name's Andres. Are you half black? Because your last name's Williams. Like, or are you something different? It's like, doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm a human being. But exactly. that argument only goes so far. So it's, it's a really, it was a really uh, interesting upbringing uh, in, in Southeast Portland being mixed, uh, needless to say. So that's why it's like bringing it back to the movements that were happening. I understand them. And I think, yes, there is a purpose for it. And I understand that, yes, we have to start somewhere. But if we're going to start here, then there definitely has to be a plan to be able to address all races being equal and all races being treated the same way. Uh, and it didn't seem like there was really that. I do believe that there is some sort of like balance and some sort of uh, equality that does need to happen across the board in regards to opportunities. Um, For yeah, sure. It's, it's just difficult. I think, I don't think people realize the, the power of word. So it's like, for example, the defund police, it's like, no, we shouldn't defund police, but we should reallocate the massive amounts of funds that are going to them. They don't need to be militarized, but refunding something elsewhere to help with the issues that we have in our town. Yeah. And I think so. I think that was a message that was getting lost. And that's yeah. And that's where I just was like, I can't, this is crazy. Like what and like the destruction. Like what oh, is what terrible. is the purpose of this? Like, what do you are you trying to send a message by destroying the government buildings yeah. or destroying Portland? Like, and I, for I didn't me right now, it. the homelessness is really difficult for um, sure. And it's like I feel terrible. I wish there was more I could do. Right now is all I can do is really vote with my with my wallet in regards to where I spend money or vote with my actual vote and who I put in power. But in the same breath, I still need to also keep my family safe. So it's like I've been looking at like potentially moving out to Sandy, Oregon, or just potentially moving in general, because I'm just not a big fan of Portland. Well, that- I, and growing growing up here, there's not as many opportunities as people would think. People think my wife comes from a small town in California, Northern California. She's like, oh, there's so many more opportunities in Portland. I'm like, there's actually not. There's there's really not. There not. used to be. There used to be. Yeah. It's, like it's if I, if you now. plop me if you plop us back down in 2000 <laughs> with our education at our age right oh, now boy. yeah there's going to be some opportunities I don't but Portland. Just, I don't Portland. <laughs> like, right I mean yeah. I'm walking around with three master's degrees it's like I yeah yeah <laughs> there wouldn't yeah. be anything I can't do but now it's like I apply somewhere and they're like do you want to take an entry level position I'm like 
God, no. <laughs> no, not really. I appreciate yeah. it. Like, no, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. I appreciate it, but no, like, thank you. Cool. With this entry level position, I'm going to have to go get two more to be able to just take care of all of my natural bills. So. And I think that was part of it for us too. And and we'll, and we'll 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 get back into things too. But just I it just poor, I I get it. It's nationwide. It's everywhere. But like yeah, it's crazy to think that I'm I'm in a small town in, in Southern California, and this is actually where my my wife and her family is from, nice. and um just outside of Long Beach, but it's actually cheaper for me to live in Southern California than it was in Portland, which yeah. blows my mind because it's never felt that way. It's always felt like California has always been so much more expensive than us. Yeah, right. I, like the house that we have here, it would have cost $700,000 in Portland. And it's, yeah. you know, we, we barely paid 300,000 for it. So it's like, it, yeah. it's just kind There's- of crazy. Like that's the thing. Like uh, I've learned that as I've been learning more in the real estate industry, there's pockets in California that you can find where you can find an affordable, nice house. Yeah. In Portland, it's getting to the point where it's like, no, there's not. Yeah. Like right now, we rent a little house, and this house, if they were to sell it, would go for almost six hundred and fifty thousand because of the area that it's in. And I'm like, it's a shit area, but because it's located in a n- nicer area of Southeast even though it's kind of close to certain pockets that are nasty, like not that great. Like it still would go for a lot just because of the market value uh, yep. of the area. And I'm it's just crazy. like, like I lived in Northeast Portland for a little bit and never had my car broken into. I moved over here, my car in the last year and a half, my two cars, my, my wife's car, my car has been broken into 19 times. I had the gas line cut. Like it's insane how much crap has goes on over here. We just had a freaking, so we had a, a, a hauling trailer, like a little, like, you know, like uh, the yard folks have uh, when right, they're doing right, the yard. Yep, yep. We had one of those and it was like posted up on our driveway. I had the Tahoe parked in front. So you can't pull it straight out of the garage, our driveway. These motherfuckers pulled it through our yard and stole a trailer overnight that was loaded up with donations going to, uh, going to Veterans of America. I'm like, it's so crazy. I, and I hate them. <laughs> it's it just hasn't gotten better. And I think that's where and when we were out on the outskirts, like in in, in Gresham off 200 mm-hmm. second between uh Burnside and Division. And even out there, like we were in this little subdivision that was pretty nice. But man, the minute you stepped outside of it, it was just like uh, I can't believe this is our city now. It's so like heartbreaking. And it just, right. It's me, like being it on USC's campus and stepping outside the walls and yeah, you realize yeah. that you're in Crenshaw. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's keep it moving. Let's, let's uh, redirect. I know we got a yeah, little, let's come back to some there, more but, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So high school football track, um, you know, your style. Was questionable, yeah. but whose was questionable? Is really whose nice. wasn't? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Like everybody had like the whole baggy thing or the 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 Jinko jeans and stuff. That was cool because I was in. Yeah, not many people were wearing silver leather pants and see through shirts. Come on, now. this that is true. Questionable is being very nice. It was my style was just like it was trash. Somebody should have told me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Everybody was too nice. <laughs> we Everybody thought you knew. Like, we thought you knew. <laughs> Everybody thought I was just pulling a prank <laughs> for two years of high school. Yeah. 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 Do you have, uh, did you have any favorite teachers or any teachers that left a mark on you as you went on to college and things like that? Uh, yeah, actually, um, two of them. Um, one, Mr. Doolittle. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Shout because, out to Mr. Doolittle. Yeah. Mr. Doolittle really like kind of he sat me down one day and just told me that I'm wasting, like I'm, I'm wasting my educational talents because I would just show up and just take tests and be fine. And, uh, and he sat me down one day and he's just like, the day that you decide to apply yourself is the day that you're going to be extremely successful. And it was that, that really kind of sat with me. It didn't really affect me then until I got into college and that kind of rang true again. Um, but and and he even said he's like once you start having to pay for your school it's different. <laughs> so and yeah. and sure, sure shit when I got into college it was like yeah it's different. I went from 
being just getting eligible to compete because that's all I really wanted to do to suddenly in college, I was actually a pretty successful student. And then uh, also one that's kind of a controversial one because, well, he's had uh, many things that are a little bit off. I think he's retired. I'm not sure. Uh, but Mr. Kindick, he was also my uh, track oh, yeah. coach. Um, he, <laughs> he was my first coach, my first track coach that told me exactly what was on his mind. Uh, because going through high school, it was like I came from a, a travel track team that went and did like U.S. Junior Olympics, World Junior Olympics and stuff. So it's like to compete at Franklin instead of going to Benson, where most of those kids were at, it was like it was kind of intimidating. So my coaches never really spoke their mind to me. And he had no problem. And he just looked at me. He was like, your effort is trash. <laughs> I was like, put more in me. Yeah. Oh yeah, I still remember it to this day. Anytime I start to kind of like back off or not put forward the effort that I need, I still remember his conversation. He's like, your effort is trash. Every single time you step on the track, you should be able to demolish everybody you race against, but you don't put in the effort. Therefore, you're never going to get the results you want. You're trash. Do, like, do you look oh. back and respect that? Oh, 100%. It's so uh, when crazy I coach- because a kid today would hear that and oh, would complain and... and- yeah, it's ah. Well, I I mean, I took that kind of coaching mentality when I coached uh, high school football, and that's what I brought. And I'm still in contact with the majority of my high school football kids that I coached. And we have, uh, I told them flat out, like, yes, my goal is to get you to be a great athlete, but first and foremost, I need you to be a better person because the likelihood of making it to the next level in football, basketball, and things like that, that are going to actually pay the bills. Very, very small. There's millions of kids going for that same position that you want. So let's focus first and foremost on being a better person. Yeah. And that effort is what needs to be there. So for me, like in the same year, when I have two teachers that I actually really admired, tell me the same exact thing. That's when I started realizing, "Hmm, maybe I should start trying a little bit. So I'd also picked up a little bit on both teachers, English teachers. Yep. Did you get something out of that? Is that was that a passion of yours that maybe people it don't was. know? Yeah, it was. I actually my first my first degree was uh, English literature because I thought I was going to be an English teacher. Oh, okay. And okay. when I did my student teaching, um, I was not thrilled about it because of the fact that uh, the high school environment was way more aggressive than I cared to deal with. So I decided I'm not going to be a good teacher and I don't get to teach my way. I have to teach a very convoluted, structured structured way. And I'm like, there's no way to get through to these kids. So I just can't do it. The best way I could get through to most of the troubled kids would be through coaching. So I decided to coach instead. And where did, okay. So you went on, got your first degree. Where'd you go after after Franklin? You went where? So I bounced around. I went from Franklin High School. Uh, then I, I graduated, went to Clackamas Community College, uh, okay. ran track there. That was when I got my first taste of I need to be a successful student because my scholarship was my well the the uh, tuition waivers were contingent on my grades. Uh, so it wasn't even a matter of competition. It was a matter of, do I get some of my school paid for? Uh, and then I went from there. I wanted to go to U of O, but unfortunately the U of O coach for track was a dick at the time. And he said that he will never take a junior college transfer. So I was like, screw you. <laughs> so I bounced down uh, to USC actually for one term. And then I came back up. Uh, I toyed around with the concept of potential going to Long Beach State. And then I came back up and finished up uh, my first uh, my first degree, first two degrees at Western Oregon University. Okay. Uh, and then I did I did the rest of my stuff at Warner Pacific and Portland State. Okay. Western yeah. Oregon, where is that? That's uh, down? Mo- Mammoth, Oregon. So Mom- just outside yeah. of Salem. So you got like, it's a funny story. Uh, so Mammoth, Oregon is about four or five miles away from Dallas, Oregon. Dallas, Oregon is like, it's the birthplace of the KKK. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So I'll never forget my first athletic meeting at Western Oregon. They pull in all the athletes. And I realized when I got there, this is all the athletes of color. And they told us flat out, don't go to Dallas. <laughs> We're Stay like, oh. out. <laughs> yep. So of course, what did I do? 
I grabbed a couple of my buddies who were white and I was like, let's go to Dallas. They have an Arctic circle. I haven't been to an Arctic circle in forever. I had to go they check le- it out. <laughs> yeah. They legit refused to serve me. Wow. It was wild. I've never experienced that. So for me, I was like, this is definitely like Twilight Zone. Okay, let's leave. <laughs> yeah. Let me get a couple yeah. special sauces and get out of there. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, oh, we're good. <laughs> I know what your special sauce is. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can make it at home. But yeah, uh, so I bounced, awesome. I bounced around a little bit. Uh, and once my track, uh, my collegiate track career was done, uh, I went ahead and just finished everything up at Western, uh, at Warner Pacific. So That's awesome. And then, so Warner Pacific, uh, what did you, did you focus on English there as well? No. Uh, so after I left Western, I actually switched gears quickly. Uh, so in college, uh, at Western, I, I, my school was paid for, so I did a lot of extra classes. Uh, so I had the prerequisites to be able to get uh, my, ex- my exercise science degree. Uh, so okay. I went ahead and got that. I took a couple other classes and then tested out of a couple at Portland State, got my exercise science degree. Uh, and my uh, minor in sports nutrition. And then I went to Warner Pacific and got my master's of human health kinetics. And then I went back to get my master's of business organization and leadership. So then you get your science degrees, exercise degrees, your kinetics degrees, you get all <laughs> <Right>. your degrees. <laughs> right. And then where, where does it kind of go from you for, where does it kind of go for you from there? Uh, from there, I, I went and worked at uh, 24-Hour Fitness for a couple of years, uh, then transitioned to Bally's before they went bankrupt. Uh, and I was a regional fitness director. For me, it was a blast doing that because there was just like, there was a lot of responsibility, but there was also no responsibility. And working as a personal trainer, like it's basically a party all the time. Like you just get paid to talk to people, get people in shape and just hang out. And it was really fun. Uh, but then I started looking well, as I got older, it's like all of a sudden your brain just starts to transition and starts to pay attention to the numbers. And right. I started recognizing, um, how much money I was making these companies and how they stopped focusing on the clientele as clients and focusing on their progress. And they were strictly focused on just the dollar, the dollar bill, like, when is your client re-upping? Well, they probably already fit, hit their goal. Well, you need to get them to, to do something else. And it was always that shit rolls downhill. So being a fitness director, I had to make sure that my trainers and my fitness managers were complying with what Bally's wanted. And I'm like, it just doesn't make sense to do that. Like we got a lot of people that are wrapping up their training. We need to get new clients, not try to like milk a turn up here. This is it's not working. Um, so for me, I ended up deciding that corporate fitness uh, arena was just not my thing. Uh, so I transitioned from uh, Bally's and ended up transitioning to CrossFit, which okay. was it, it was interesting because CrossFit, don't get me wrong, I love CrossFit. I compete myself, but it has this weird notion that they believe that it's for everybody. And to be totally honest with you, it's just not. Um, so would this have been in that, like, that 08, 09, and 2010 when it was like really taken off? Yeah. When it was, well, yeah. when it was starting to, it was still kind of like Fight Club, where it's like, you know, I crossed, but I'm not going to talk about it. Right. And then 2012, right, right. 2013 turned into the opposite of Fight Club, where it's like, how do you know a crossfitter? Because they're going to freaking tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, everybody became a crossfitter. Well, it was around that time that it became really diluted and suddenly it turned into how fast can you do, Fran? How heavy can you lift? And people weren't focusing on good form. Uh, if you had a thousand bucks in a free weekend, you can go get a CrossFit level one certification. So it really, it diminished what I did. Like I, I was like, I want to be somebody that helps somebody with their health and fitness. We got people that just are like, oh, I love this. So I'm going to go get, pay a thousand dollars. And this is going to be my quote unquote new hobby. And I'm like, so for me, it was really difficult. I think the direction that they've taken recently has been amazing. Uh, they actually are accredited uh, for all of their certifications. They're actually really difficult now. They're not just show up and hang out in class and get a certification. Um, so they they're, they have a lot more credibility, but I still feel as though that there's certain aspects of CrossFit that's like they they have to stop pushing it that it's it's for everybody because it's it's just not. 
there's certain people that just cannot do the modalities that cannot. And if they can't do the modalities, the coach needs to be educated enough in all fields of fitness to be able to modify it. And that's just not the case for all CrossFit gyms. So if somebody, my advice to somebody, if they were like, oh, I want to try out CrossFit, then I would say, before you try out CrossFit, research the coaches at the gym you're going to go to. And if they have certifications and licenses outside of CrossFit, that's where you want to go. If it's only CrossFit-based coaching and and certifications and education, then try to steer away from it. So So, give a person like myself that I know CrossFit, but I don't know CrossFit. What is the basic breakdown of what CrossFit is? For for me, um, I would say the most basic definition of CrossFit is cross-training. So you're training in multiple modalities and trying to continuously keep the stimulus uh, different. So your body's continuously adapting. Okay. Uh, we want to, you also want to try to make sure within that same uh, constant adaptation or definite rule of adaptation, you also want to make sure that the intensity uh, is fluctuated appropriately so that you're not constantly stressing the body. Because if we get too much cortisol into your system, then you just don't recover well, you start to have the cortisol is like the building blocks of yellow fat cells, which is the bad fat cells. And it's just, everything starts to go downhill. And then you have folks wondering why oh, I work out seven days a week. I don't know why I'm not seeing my goals. Right? right. So CrossFit has the whole, you know, fitness in a hundred words or less. And it's like, that's cool. That's a great little ploy. But I, I feel like for CrossFit to be totally, truly for everybody, there needs to be a specific standard for all coaches across the board to have education outside of just the CrossFit modalities. But like I said, CrossFit is literally the aspect of cross training. So doing things from barbell lifting, uh, monostructural cardiovascular work to uh, doing what's called couplets or triplets, where you're combining three separate movements into uh, a workout and just really toying with the intensity. So it makes it so that there's no, there's no end in sight. So when people say they hit a plateau, there's no such thing as that in CrossFit if it's done appropriately. I'll stick with my elliptical in the garage. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hey, for me, I, I broke out of the, I I stopped drinking the CrossFit Kool-Aid a while ago. For me, I'm like, dude, you're moving. Good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as I do something every day, I'm good. My exactly. Apple Watch tells me I burn so many calories a day. <laughs> right? Whenever yeah. I get people telling me I got to get in shape before I work out with you, I'm like, that's like saying I got to clean the house before the house cleaner comes. It's like, no. So I had to, I really had to go back to a lot of my older methods of coaching uh, to be able to kind of straighten it all out. So that kind of leads into this then. So that's kind of where you're at today, right? Like, so now today, you kind of do your own thing and lead your own kind of, you know, as you said earlier, kind of march to your own drum. So is that what you're doing oh, yeah. today, right? Your own fitness? Yeah. Company? Yep. So uh, I, it's making your champions fitness. So I kind of hijacked that from high school because it just, that resonated with me. MOC, uh, the concept of MOC uh, really met, resonated with me. Uh, and so I took it and ran with it and, and made it my, my fitness business. And basically I do believe I, I, well, I used to believe that my, my brand of fitness was for everybody. And then I realized that because of my personality type, it's just not okay. <laughs> okay. because I look at it this way. If you're willing to show up, I'm, I'm going to be able to find a modification to be able to get that said person through a workout. Right. Okay, okay. And that intensity is going to vary based off of what they're capable of putting in at that time. So I really do do my best to meet people where they're at. However, if when, when folks put all the pressure on me to get them in shape, that's where I don't work too well. Because in the end, it's their goal. So it's what they do outside of the one hour that they're with me. So you have 23 hours to really fuck up anything that I actually bring to the table. <laughs> so I just a lot hour. of time. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get one hour to try to correct a lot of bad decisions. So if you're not willing to work with me in the 23 hours and the homework that I give, even, even four or five hours of that 24 hour day will be better than, you know, relying strictly on the one hour, two times per week. Like there's just got to be much more. So 
I stopped focusing so much on the fitness aspect. And instead of calling myself a personal trainer, uh, I'm a wellness coach. Um, so I've done all the certifications and licenses to be able to say that legally. Uh, but what a wellness coach is, is not only coming up with fitness regimens to be able to meet you where you're at, but also nutrition programs and being able to structure your macronutrients and deliver it in a way that you're going to be able to learn how to do it on your own. Uh, my firm belief is, is if you're with a trainer for longer than say two or three years, then either A, you really like them or B, <laughs> they're failing you because they haven't taught they're you. They're just how to taking your money. Own. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, if I, I, and don't get me wrong, I do have a couple of clients that have been with me for a long time and they're with me because they say, they tell me flat out, you can keep trying to teach me all you want. And I, even if they say they don't want to try to learn, I'm still going to keep trying to teach them. But they, they say flat out, you, you can teach me all you want. I, I just can't do it without you. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay. I'm still going to keep trying to make it so that you can do it without me. So, so, you know, I, I just don't, I feel like it's number one, too much pressure on the personal trainer to have, you know, say they have 50 clients. That's times 50, the amount of that pressure of making sure the client does what they're supposed to, to get to their goals. That's a lot of fucking pressure. For sure. And it's like, that's not to mention their life and their, their everyday activities that they want to get into and their goals. Right. So it's like, I try to make sure I teach people uh, how to make adjustments in their nutrition. Uh, I do specialize in intermittent fasting. Uh, I believe that that is extremely beneficial for all types of people. Um, and the, the only hangups I have are people that have eating disorders. So if they have an eating disorder, intermittent fasting is a little bit different, difficult. So we try to do more uh, like just macronutrient breakdown, but we try not to count calories or count macronutrients and just go based off of field. But in the and end, intermittent fasting, I hear people talk about this all the time, is mm -hmm. basically an, a window of time that you've set aside that essentially this is when you get your nutrients outside there's of actually, that, your water. There's a and, bunch of different ways. There's okay, a bunch okay. of different ways to do it. So you can, you can do time structured intermittent fasting, which is that. So you have either an eight hour window or a 10 hour window where you're going to get all of your calories in. And then everything else is just water and whatnot. Uh, intermittent fasting is also every other day. So you do one day where it's just strictly water only. And then you have another day where you eat and there's no, there's no actual caloric structure. So you right. just eat to, to get energy and you just alternate your days like that. Uh, you could also do 48 hour fast and 72 hour fast. So like, for example, my structure, I, I don't have anybody else doing it my way just because I like to really kind of challenge myself. And I guess some would say punish myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I do intermittent fasting. So I, I don't eat until about between 11 and 12. And then my, I have a hard cutoff time at between seven and eight. So I do an eight hour window and then I have 16 hours of fasting. Uh, once a month, I'll do a 24 hour fast. And then the following month will be a 48 hour fast. And then the month after that will be a 72 hour fast. So those fasting periods change in regards to how I maneuver with them. So one, the, the 24 hour fast will be only water and tea. My 48 hour fast, I'll allow myself roughly eight ounces of coffee per day. And then the 72 hour fast, I allow myself upwards to about 200 calories per day so that I get something so I can still function and not rip somebody's head off. Right, right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. But when you really look at it, like 200 calories is really nothing. It's like nothing, if I yeah. actually... If I put creamer in my coffee, then I'm damn near there. You're so, almost done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, there's, there's different ways and I help people find what is the best method for them. And then we also dive into like their triggers, what causes them to reach for specific foods, uh, why they decided it was a good idea to, you know, go eat 10 bean burritos from Taco Bell uh, and what happened prior to that decision. So instead of coming up with what I like to call the, the, the proximate solution, which is generally what the fitness industry does uh, of, you know, eat less, move more, uh, I try to dive into more of the ultimate solution, which is your relationship with your decisions. So a lot of folks will say, well, I'm not an emotional eater, but I eat when I'm bored. Boredom is an emotion. So you're For an sure. emotional eater. And then one thing that most folks don't understand is 
you know, whatever, whatever energy or emotion you have, because emotion is in fact an energy, whatever emotion you have, when you consume your food and it gets stored into your fat cells, that energy is now stored, right? So because the rule of the, the definition of energy is it can be created, but it cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred, right? Okay. So when you come back down the road, you're like, I want to lose weight. And we dive in and we start doing workouts that get into that storage. You're going to have times at the end of workouts where you get extremely emotional. You either get really like down on yourself or you're really happy or you get upset for some ungodly reason. And you're not sure why. Right. And it's because you've actually dove into those storage energy, that, that storage system, and you've transferred that energy into whatever movement or modalities you were doing. So, and I've had so many clients that like, when I tell them that they kind of look at me like, yeah, okay. Hippie coach. But then we get, <laughs> we get like a couple sessions and they're like, it makes sense. Yeah. They're like, yesterday, my anxiety went through the roof. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I, I try to warn you beforehand so that you don't think, oh, I'm failing and this and that, because this is just, these are things that you have to pull out. And, and um, like when I researched it, it, it made sense, but I still also had that kind of like, mm, I don't know. But after going through what we went through with my son, I, I ballooned up. I went from competing CrossFit weighing 190 and I ballooned up to almost 265, 270 well, as I as I transitioned and got back in shape, I, I kind of accidentally did the, the fit to fat to fit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So as I got back in shape, like all of a sudden I'm hit with these, these emotions after workouts. And I would go through like three or four days where I just didn't want to work out because I'm just like, just down. And I realized, holy shit, it's, it's actually happening. Like I'm experiencing exactly what I researched. That's amazing. So, so this is this is fascinating. Yeah. So as as a person who studied a lot of this stuff, where and and obviously this is strictly your opinion, like these people that outside of you know health re, uh, you know whatever, but people that say I want to get healthy, so I'm going to go vegan or I'm going to mm-hmm. do this, like or I'm going to do keto. Yeah, gotcha. keto. Like what are, what are your thoughts? I like I always hear keto, you got to be super cautious because it's tough on your kidneys it's tough on your organs like what is your take on some of those things i mean i am not a fan of keto uh the the positives of keto is it helps people understand that they can truly be restrictive if they truly try now it's just a matter of it has to be foods that they like um as far as other nutrition plans once again it's a matter of finding what works for you what works yeah Uh, yeah because paleo in all actuality no one's truly doing paleo unless you're eating exactly what is available during that time. So during fall, you're only eating what's available or what would have been grown in your region at that time. You're not eating bananas. You're not eating, you know, almonds and things like that because, well, let's just face it, like certain nuts did not grow in the Northwest. So you, you have to, if, if you're going to do true 100% paleo, you have to research exactly what that is. Um, the one that I would, like, if I was to recommend a quote unquote diet plan, it would probably be the whole 30 because that helps folks reset big time. And then it helps them understand that it is possible to kind of find balance within restriction. And then you take that information that you learned about yourself during the whole 30 and you apply it to your everyday life for sustainability. But too often we get to the end of these, these diets and we're like, awesome. I'm going to go drink a 24 pack and, and (laughs) eat like an asshole. So (laughs) that's the biggest problem. It's like, and I try to tell people like, I'm not the type of coach that's going to tell you not to eat things because for God's sakes, like I can literally down a quart of eggnog before I get home from the store. Uh, I've done it. <laughs> so I love <laughs> it. Right. I'm never the type of person that's going to tell you not to do things, but I'm also, I will be the coach that says, okay, so we made this decision and each decision has a reaction. So now we have to try to make sure that this potential negative reaction on your body for the next day or your recovery or potential weight gain doesn't actually happen because we need to make a decision down the road today or tomorrow to correct it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. I drank a quart, I drank a quart of eggnog on the way home. Sweet. Now I need to drink roughly two liters of water and probably get on my treadmill for about 30 minutes to burn some calories. For sure. And then tomorrow I need sure. to bump it up a little bit on intensity in my workout because I just ate, I just consumed like 1200 calories in one quart. So. And that was oh, yeah. all your food for the week. There you go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So it's like, it's finding it, it's that ebb and flow. So it's never a, a, you know, you can't have this. It's, Yes, you can have that, but we're going to have to find an alternative or a substitute down the road uh, for things. And then we also have to try to rebalance what your intake looks like for the week instead of for the day. That was so much information. Like there's was. a Sorry. lot of people that are going to get <laughs> a lot out of that. And that's awesome. Um, so let's kind of shoot this down the road and uh, we'll head towards wrapping this up a little bit. But, you know. We know that you were into fitness, even in high school, fitness now, you know, your English and things like that. Who's Dre outside of the office, though, outside of, you know, what what are we doing to unwind and just enjoy oh, yourself? What, what's going on these days? I am a simple, simple man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah, a, I I'm a dad. Uh, my two of my kiddos are in Minnesota with their mom. Uh, so we get online time. Uh, and then I also have my 10 year old. She just turned 10 here. Uh, so basically I'm either watching movies or playing Fortnite, And it's hilarious because anytime I play Fortnite, like I have this, I have a buddy that I'll team up with, or I play with my kids because they can also get online. So I'll be like, Hey, about to get online and ruin some nine-year-old life because <laughs> It's like nine and nine between nine and 13 year olds that play it because it's still kind of rudimentary. Not a lot. Of, there's no blood. And it's like, it's, it's hilarious. My wife is just like, are you proud of yourself? I'm like, yes, I am. How'd you meet your wife? Uh, I, it's actually a funny story. So I used, I was her boss. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a fit, when I was a director at uh, Bally's, okay. I couldn't actually talk to her then. And once I got, once I had stepped away from Bally's, then I ended up running into her. I was like, Hey, I'm not your boss anymore. Right. We, can, we can talk now. <laughs> That's awesome. So, That's so awesome. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was chance happening. It was, uh, I did not, I was not looking for, uh, a relationship that like what we have now uh, just because of the fact that I was literally on the tail end of a relationship that was uh, kind of heartbreaking. So I was like, yeah, For sure. I was like, Oh, well, here we are <laughs> now, 13 years later. <laughs> now we're together. When did so, you guys get married? How long have you guys been married? Oh God. Why would you ask that? Uh, <laughs> on the got, spot. <laughs> uh -oh. We got married 2012. 2012. Okay. Uh, I think so. In that I ballpark. know that I know we were married August 12th and I screwed it up. Our license, our marriage license says that we were married August 13th because I didn't have the officiant, the officiant signed the paperwork. We had to go back the next day and he signed it for the 13th, for the 13th. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, you don't hear the end of that one. I bet. <laughs> oh man. She's like, are you serious? I, yeah. See, now you just have to tell her she gets to, she gets to. Two days. She has two. I would never say that. And now because you've said that, she can never hear this podcast. Yeah. So. I mean, her birthday's already the month before. So it goes her birthday, then our anniversary. I'm like, oh, that's a busy couple months there for you. I can't keep up. I tried one time to like take her to Hawaii, like after her birthday, just before our anniversary. I was like, it's your birthday. She's like, no. So what did I get for my birthday? <laughs> or what did you get me for our anniversary? I'm like, well, what did you get me for my anniversary? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It goes both ways. Come on now. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, well, this has been so much fun. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have fun uh, kind of learning about you, catching up with you. Those that haven't probably seen you since high school, um, you know, and probably remember your shiny pants and see-through shirt. It's oh, going to be if awesome. If anybody takes anything out of it, that's 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 a keeper right there for your brain. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, but hey, shout out your stuff. Like if people are looking to get into shape or want to learn better nutrition, how can they get in touch with you? Are you taking new clients right now? What, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, uh, we have a we have a fitness app. Uh, so MOC Fit. Uh, you can search that in Android and in Apple. Um, that I, our app is $25 a month that gets you access to classes. Uh, so we have online classes and then we also do like webinars and seminars and stuff. Uh, 
We also have supplements. So we have MOC Fitness Supps. Uh, we also have a coffee line. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so our website has all of it. So www.mocfitness.com has literally everything that we do. Uh, also on Facebook, I have a group. It's called the 40 Plus Fitness by MOC Fit. Now there's a secret. You don't have to be 40 plus. Okay. Uh, that was part of the, that was one of the bad business decisions or business coaching that I got where they were like, you need to niche down. So I niched down. Then I was like, no, I just cut out like a lot of people. So um, anybody can request to be in there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have everything. I do some one-on-one sessions online. Uh, I don't see myself ever getting back into person just because I could save so much time doing it online. But uh sure. We have Especially a, we have in a blast. today's technology, right? Like it's oh yeah, so easy. We have such a blast with our community online. Uh, everybody gets to talk trash, and we have fun. Uh, so I keep everybody unmuted during classes. They they know when to be quiet when I'm giving instruction stuff. But it's so much fun. That's awesome. So, yeah. All right. Well, we will definitely make sure to put that in the in the links links to all of that stuff too so people will be able to find you anywhere you go all right man this has been awesome this has been a good time and uh i can't wait to hear what people think and uh what people have to say about catching up with you all right brother